The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Good morning and welcome to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Joss Zamzo, your host today, uh, and, and with Matt Maston, who is the 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 manager at the Federal Way store and and uh, a longtime employee now a experienced garden expert so I'm glad to have you with us Matt I appreciate I appreciate you having me on and so uh, this particular show is has risen out of we've done a few pre-recorded shows recently and we've told people uh, just like in this particular show they're not able to call but but if they have questions they can send them on Facebook or at zamzos.com and we'll get to them so this is us keeping our word uh, and answering these questions but I'm thrilled to have Matt because Matt is in the store uh, uh, every single day or most days and most you're days. getting a lot of these questions you know not only on the website through here but you're also getting them in the store and so we want to talk about the questions that people are having right now and we're going to go through that and if you want to add your question uh, to a future show please feel free to reach out to us uh, uh, but we won't be taking any calls live uh, uh, during this show so so if we if we call this our our FAQ uh, uh, show or whatever we want to do it let's begin uh, with, with some questions about weeds Matt and and um, to start off uh, I've got a question from a customer in Meridian who's asking uh, that that they've tried weed and feed on their dandelions uh, in the past and have never had any luck. And they're starting to see dandelions pop up and they're just wondering, you know, how do how do I kill dandelions if the weed and feed products don't work? Well, the main issue with weed and feed is that a lot of times it's a synthetic fertilizer Mm -hmm. and it's a very broad spectrum or not broad broad spectrum like weed killer yeah um that is very temperature sensitive right and we have such a especially this year mm-hmm. winter doesn't winter's holding on for dear life right so we want to make sure that we're using a weed killer that is effective in our climate right our temperature and so we specialize in that and the best thing that you can do to prevent weeds is to have a strong fed lawn right and especially in our soil, which doesn't want to grow grass. Right. That's the main thing to remember, too, is that we don't really have a lot of native grass because it doesn't want to grow here. <laughs> right, so right. we got to make sure that we're feeding it right. And that's what we strive for. And that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. 
So I, the other thing I think is really interesting that a lot of people don't know is that, that those dandelions that are causing them trouble actually germinated last fall. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they, they live through the winter in very small forms, and, and then they're the very first ones to pop out. So the traditional weed killers you know, want it to be uh, uh, you know, 65 to 70 degrees Absolutely. before they're really going to work, and, and we you know we just don't have that uh, <laughs> I, I want it to be 65 too <laughs> right right no kidding no kidding but uh, so so we're kind of fighting uh mother nature there and to use a, a a granular weed and feed product or a product that doesn't work in our temperature you're just you're just fighting and and uh, and so if you come in and we can help you get a spray that you can spot treat those things and it's products that that will work clear down into the 40s mm-hmm. you're going to be able to treat them and and get them squared away so so hopefully that answers uh, that particular question, but um, the the follow up question I think that's related to this is one I know that you you get uh, this time of year quite a bit. People saying I have terrible crabgrass in my lawn right now. Is it too late to put crabgrass preventer down? Well, the first thing I'd probably say is it's probably not crabgrass right now. Right, <laughs> it's a you know crabgrass is the. Uh, the the demon that we all blame for everything right. when it's rarely what it actually is. Right. right now we're probably dealing with quack grass, which is a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. But anytime that you can put down a pre-emergent to prevent future things from popping up, right. it's a great idea. They right. last for 90 days at a time. And we always say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound mm-hmm. of cure. Let's get out in front of it. Let's prevent it from happening. Um, you might have some left over from last year that like you might think is active. Right. And we definitely got things, but I just like to dig them out. Let's right. dig them out. Let's get some new grass seed down. Let's choke all the weeds out and let's prevent anything. But, um, yeah, it's it's crabgrass is that demon that everybody just blames. They blame it. They blame, blame it. it on that. So I, I, I think what a lot of people don't know, my favorite tool against crabgrass is this text reminder. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. so this is a free service, and and usually when when we're using this is when people are coming in in August and they see and they really do have adult crabgrass right. that's going to seed and and it's spread out all over at that juncture it's kind of it you can kill it but it's a revenge killing and right. and you're still going to have to do the preventer anyway yeah. so what we we love to do is those people that were helping at the end of the year we send them a text reminder to put down the crabgrass preventer and then then that so that's what the the text would be going out you know in the last few well, weeks and and that that's true too is because usually when people come in with actual crabgrass, it's much too large for anything non-drastic right. to kill. Right. Like there are some crabgrass-specific killers that won't hurt your other grass, but you have to get it when it's very immature. Right. Like we're, I always say about the size of a sand dollar. Right. And anything bigger than that, we're digging it out. Kill. And even when you spray and kill it, you're still going to have to dig it out. It's right. still going to be a carcass. And and the the the, the pesticide doesn't cross into the seed barrier. Right. So if they actually have seed heads formed already, you can kill that adult crabgrass, but the seed is going to germinate next year and you're going to need to do the preventer right. anyway. It's going to leave a relative to come visit you to next year. <laughs> right. Now the other the other piece about this that a lot of people don't know is there are two grasses that look really similar one is crabgrass that 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 gets blamed for a lot the other one that looks very very similar is called goose grass Mm -hmm. and that one comes on a little later huh it's it's and it's sillier too (laughs) because uh yeah it's a little bit later you know uh, because of our desert climate and the heat that we deal with and 
drought, if we run out of water, weeds love a dry a right. dry lawn. And so, you know, if we're not watering deep enough and we're not watering properly enough, your goose grass pops up. And it's right. just another, it's very similar in structure. There are some small differences, but again, once you get it and it's a little bit more than that immature little weed, mm-hmm. you got to spray it and kill it and dig it out. Yeah, you know that, I think one of the things that people don't think about a lot, but but if I if I think about the the number of times customers come in with with actual diagnosed crabgrass or right. goosegrass problems, it's always at the edges of the lawn, mm-hmm. and it and it's typically when they're they're using a weed eater and they're beating that grass down mm-hmm. right around the edges, kind of trying to make a nice edge. Mm-hmm. But they're but they damage the crown and it kind of exposed the dirt, and mm-hmm. then those seeds get in right there. That's where that that mm-hmm. crabgrass seems to or, uh, or right next or right next to concrete. You know, yeah. if you're right next to a sidewalk, that concrete gets hot. Yeah. It heats the dirt. It dries it out. You know, and and you know when you're building a sidewalk, there's slanted gravel underneath, right. and you're we're talking about soil depth that's in the small inches. Yeah, there's nowhere for the grass roots to really hide mm-hmm. and take root, and it just it'll creep in if you give it an inch, it'll take it. Right, right. So so that's your that's your uh, the 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 two main weed questions that have popped out for me. But Matt, like if 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 you're thinking about. Uh, going out and spraying dandelions in your yard uh uh let, let's just talk about how a lot of people are concerned about safety with their dogs mm-hmm. and cats and how do they how do they spray dandelions and still keep their dogs and and animals safe well we most of our insecticide or pesticides are safe as soon as they're dry but right. that's the biggest issue is when do we know when it's dry and mm-hmm. safe to go out there so the best thing to use is a surfactant a marker and like we actually have a small one that you know right we've created we carry just for that reason called safe first step right um enough for a two gallon spray and uh it's got this blue marker that if you walk out there and you can touch it with a paper towel and no blue comes out let the dogs out let them get let them get out of the house right and let them run around because let's be safe and and so you're using the the, the marker dye. Well, the the dye that that we have actually also makes the weed killer work better. Oh, but true. it's the indicator, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, that's what I think is cool about that idea is that you, you're that's how you know exactly. it's safe, right? Well, I mean, it's it's when we're worried about our pets and we're worried about our children and our families, right? It's better to be to know to have something that we can know is right. So what if what if the dog goes out and and comes in and they actually have a little bit of blue on their paws? Well, let's rinse it off so it doesn't get all over the carpet, right. and let's give it another hour. And, you know, let's uh, let's go. But we can always test it. Like I said, paper towel. Let's get it right. Okay. Well, you're listening to a pre-recorded Zamzos Garden Show, uh, and uh, and so if you've got questions, send them to us on Facebook or email them to us. We'll be right back after this break on News Talk 670. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and if you're into gardening and are into local, we have a lot in common. That's because at Zamzo's, we've been helping local folks grow great lawns and gardens for over 90 years. Not only do we know our local area, including the soil, our climate and growing season, we also buy local bedding plants, local flowers and garden seeds, local compost, even delicious local honey. And we still make all of our own livestock and chicken feeds locally at our Meridian Mill, using local grains that we buy from local farmers 
farmers. So if you're into buying local and using local products, so are we. We also have the tools you need to do the job right, plus bulk landscape products including decorative bark, soils, rock and ground covers, and everything else you need for a beautiful lawn and bountiful garden, all sourced locally. So if you love gardening and are into local, we have a lot in common. So come see us now at Zamzo's. 13 stores in the Treasure Valley staffed with over 250 local employees who are here to serve you. News Talk KBOI. Welcome back to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Joss Zamzo, your host, and Matt Maston and I, Matt is the manager of the Federal Way Store, uh, he and I are talking all we're, we're talking about all the frequently asked questions and all the questions that have been building up over the past month or so of doing some pre-recorded shows and and we're addressing your questions if you have some that you want to add to a future show we will get to them just send them to us on facebook or uh at zamzos.com and and we promise we'll get to them so so we're going to transition a little bit uh we were talking weeds in the last section and and we're going to move into uh some discussion about lawns and and uh, the next question I, I, is one of my favorite ones because I think it's such an important one. Uh, the, the, the person says, my husband cuts the grass really short, and he insists that it doesn't matter if he does that. Um, and I say that it actually hurts the grass. Which one of us is right? You are. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You, take, you make sure that he hears you uh, say you're right. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so I think the, the 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 beauty of this is that knowing the the actual truth about the best way to mow your lawn can save you a lot of money. It can save you a lot of pesticides. It saves you Absolutely. water. We can go on and on and on. Matt, how does somebody know where to set their mower blade? Um, there's a you know there's a couple different rules of thought. Um, but the main thing to remember is you never want to scalp your lawn too much. Right. I'll, even if you have a, if you've let it go, you went out of town for three weeks mm-hmm. and it got really long. You never want to just cut as deep as you, even whatever the target is. Right. Never cut as deep as you to get to that point. You want to do some gradual cuts. You want to like do a, a nice top off cut. Lower the lawnmower blade. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again, because nothing will stress out your grass more especially in summer right then scalping the lawn and exposing the dirt and exposing mm-hmm. the roots to the sun you know i like to spend the hottest days inside <laughs> right, the grass right. doesn't have that option right so it, it and i guess it ju- i just want to clarify that so if the grass got too long and that happens in the spring mm-hmm. you know sometimes because we go out of town sometimes it's i'm planning on mowing on thursday and then it rains on mm-hmm. thursday and friday and saturday and then i'm busy on sunday yep. and then we get to monday and now it's really tall what you're saying is set the mower all the way up to the top and mow once and then right immediately mow it again or give it a couple of days or what what do you um think? I like to I like to give it a day or two in between to let it just kind of re heal from the stress. I mean, it's a traumatic mm-hmm. event, right, for these plants. You know, like I think that sometimes we have that disassociation with lawns that it's not <laughs> plants, right? But it is like there's just millions of plants yep. all over your, all over your yard, and you know we never prune more than a third mm-hmm. typically. So right. if you look at your mowing your lawn as pruning, you never want to do that big of a of a lop off right let it give it time to heal recover and let's do it again and like just ease our way into it right now i i think we, we were we did a training this morning with some employees and the discussion 
came up about this that you know the fact that that we have cool season grasses and and uh, and really for a chunk of the time in at the toward the end of April and through May we're really talking about the grass needing to be mowed every five days right. as much as we don't like that you know mm-hmm. it's a pain uh, it the, the good news is as it gets hot our grass does slow down right. and and it's not you know you have to do that for a, for a little bit in the fall and just a little bit in the spring but but to stay on top of it you really need to mow about every five days right, right. during that that kind of that punchy growth period right where it's like okay we're mm-hmm. out of winter we're ready for spring we're pushing it we they've got to it's got to fortify itself right it knows the, you know the cycles of the seasons as mm-hmm. well so it's got to fortify itself before we get to that really bad heat so you know the other thing while we're talking about mowing uh, is is the sharpening of the blade absolutely and uh, so what happens if, if you if you're never sharpening your lawnmower blade what, what what kind of things do people see in the lawn well a lot of people will come in and they'll be like you know for some reason after i mow the lawn the grass looks yellower or tanner right. than it than it should and when they bring us a sample which please bring us a sample yeah, no we kidding. love to dig into the dirt and play with the grass yeah. you know it's much better than pictures you know we just love to dig into it but We'll see those lawn blades, and it will look like someone tried to cut through something with a butter knife. Yeah, a rusty butter knife. Right. And you know, and it what it does is it creates this like serration, this tears, mm-hmm. and it and that discolors. It's like right. it's like an open wound. Yeah. That's discolored. So you're you're seeing this top layer of bleach tips. Yep. Well, like hiding your green grass. Right. Right. And it's, there's nothing unhealthy about it, other than. You cut it with a rust, like like a butter knife instead of a steak knife. You know? So I I I think uh, my favorite way to do it is is start off the season with a clean, absolutely sharp lawnmower blade. Disinfect it also. Right, and then come back midsummer. Right. You know, Fourth of July, and and so what a lot of people don't do is I have two lawnmower blades. Uh, I've got one that's on the lawnmower blade that's sharpened, mm-hmm. and then I've got a dull one that I've just pulled off, and then I've got you know months when I think of it to to put it in the vice right. and and put a nice edge on it, and then when I get ready to change again, I just pull the old one off, put the sharp one back on, and then sometime in the next few months before mm-hmm. winter, I can sharpen the the other blade, uh, and 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 that's really a good good strategy that keeps that blade right. sharp. And we we talked about what happens when they're dull, when they're clean and sharp. Then, then you don't end up with any yellow exactly. on the tips. It's a nice, clean cut. Absolutely, like fresh haircut. Always right. looks good. Well, and and also just so people understand too, I'm not as self reliant as you. Right. I make sure that I'll go and get them sharpened. <laughs> Lots of places will sharpen the blades for you, oh, and yeah. it's a very minimal cost right. for what it's going to help your lawn and keep it healthy. It's it's very minimal comparison to cost. Right. So. Uh, we talked about you're setting that blade up high and mowing, but I think people are saying, well, what's high? Just as a general rule, I'd say set it all the way up to the top and then come down a notch or two. Right. Uh, that's that's really where you want to be. So so greener grass, and but but I gave a whole bunch of reasons why right. at the beginning. What happens with uh, with water use when you when you keep the lawn longer? Well, when you keep it longer, it keeps that soil that soil level like cooler you know right. it's the same reason we mulch our tomato mm-hmm. plants in mm-hmm. june to protect the soil from mm-hmm. drying out too much and it allows the water and that moisture to retain right right at the roots and that where you want it like if you're gonna 
we're always trying to be conscious of drought because we mm. might run out of water. So let's maximize the water we have. Mm-hmm. Le- like you get to mow a little bit less. There's less cleanup with the bagging up because you're right. cutting off less of the grass. Mm-hmm. You're using less water. Everything about it is better for your better life. and better. you and you. Right. And you. So I, I think the other thing that a lot of people don't think about that maybe uh, one of the coolest parts is if you think about um, a, a dandelion seed blowing around in the wind, you know, mm-hmm. that little parachute, uh, if your grass is longer, uh, it's harder for that weed to land on dirt. It really, mm-hmm. in order for it to germinate and survive, it's got to land on the dirt. If it's right. up on the, the surface of the grass and then germinates mm-hmm. it, that's because no future. Right. Uh, it's going to blow away. So so taller, uh, thicker grass is actually going to prevent physically some of those weeds from ever mm-hmm. getting a chance to get established. It's trying to get work its way through that thicket. Right. right. Yep. Right. I I uh I can't say it enough. I mean, sharpen that blade a couple yep. of times a year, set that mower up really high, and then if you if you weather interrupts or a vacation interrupts and the grass gets too long, you really have to gradually mm-hmm. step it back down to to where you you're where you want to be. And I I think this all this was except for at the very end of the year if you're trying to right. clean up weeds or, Right. And then, or, and or and there like. are those outliers. Plus, if you're sharpening it like you do, you do get to feel like a medieval like blacksmith, <laughs> you know, just making. <laughs> right, right, right. It gives me some kind of a, a macho. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm a blacksmith you from, got from it. the yeah, 1800s. Just sharpen the sword up. <laughs> right, fair enough. But if you don't want to do that, then right. then you can take it to a lot of these lawnmower places. And Absolutely, they'll sharpen them for you. So you're listening to a pre-recorded show, and Matt and I are taking your questions from the last month and and going through them. So if you've got questions, you can shoot them to us on Facebook or at zamzos.com, and we'll get to them in in a future show. Uh, uh, We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to News Talk 670. The Zamzos Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and April is the ideal time to plant or reseed a new or existing lawn. And right now, we're seeing a lot of customers with dead spots in their lawn that they want to fix. Well, if this sounds like you, come see us at Zamzo's. We carry our own special blends of grass seed, which were designed to do well in our area. In fact, our Zamzo's Custom Blend has three types of seed and does well in both cool and hot weather. We also have a special mix for shady and play areas, and even a drought-tolerant blend that saves water. Remember, buying an annual grass seed that won't come back next year, or one designed to work in another climate, is not going to fix your problem. Plus, all Zamzo's grass seeds are available both by the bag or in bulk, so you save money by buying only what you need. So whether the dead spots in your lawn were caused by a lack of water, insects or disease, or the family dog, Zamzo's has the seed and everything else you need. But don't wait, cool temperatures won't last forever. So if you're planting grass seed, plant it now with help from us at Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Welcome back to the Zamzo's Garden Show. Uh, I'm joined by Matt Maston, who is the manager of the Federal Way Store and and uh, and and is uh, one of our best customer service managers when it comes to helping people with problems. And we have a whole list of frequently asked questions from previous pre-recorded shows. And just like in this particular show, you're not able to call in live, but you can email us your questions, and we will address them in a future show, just like we're doing in this. 
uh, section. And, and we've talked a little bit about weeds and, and we've had a few questions about lawns, but we have a few more uh, that, that I want to c- continue on in this particular segment. Uh, so so one, one person writes, I see my neighbors doing core aeration in their yards. Should I be doing that right now or how often should I be doing that? Uh, well, I've always, I always recommend if you can wait, fall is always the best time, but there are benefits to core aeration as long as you're maximizing it right. by top dressing with compost and kind of re-nutrifying the soil. Right. Um, it does create avenues for air and water to penetrate, mm-hmm. but if you're not replenishing that soil with so- our bad soil, let's, right. re- let's, let's make sure we keep saying that, our soil is not conducive for grass growing. So let's add the compost and something a little bit more nutrient-rich so the grass has something more fertile to grow in. It, you know, one of the, the biggest advocates of core aeration uh, that that I that I see are golfers, mm-hmm. and you know they they play golf and they see that these guys go through and they punch all these holes in the greens and then they fill them up with sand or what they think is sand right. and then they come into to our store saying you know I'm going to core aerate and I want to fill them with sand. What a lot of people don't realize is number one that's not just sand, right? That's a that's a compost mix and that those greens are uh, a, a kind of a strange micro environment Absolutely. where where they do use sand. We never ever put sand in our lawns in idaho i just had that conversation with with a customer that came in and i was listen you're just trying to make more clay right you're just making more clay you're making concrete right so we we don't do we we want to fill those holes with compost and i i'm a little more extreme even than 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 you i say in my mind if you're going to core aerate don't even bother if you're not going to go back and fill those right. holes with compost. Because if you do, you have all these little four-inch plugs of compost. Right. You're actually physically amending the soil. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do that, I absolutely love core aeration. Right. If you're just going to have them drive over the top, pull those cores, and then just leave them on the lawn, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, why bother? Right. I always say rake them up afterwards or go around with your lawnmower, suck them right up. Right. Because otherwise, you're just smashing that bad soil right back into the holes and a lot of people think to do coloration when they're trying to plant grass seed mm-hmm. and if those seeds fall at the bottom of that hole <laughs> right. it's not growing grass so right you're wasting money too right so top dress with compost we can't stress it enough and 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 then now is not the ideal time it's really a better thing to do later in the season right. in the fall uh, if you're going to do it but but if you just don't have any other options and you have to do mm-hmm. it then then uh then just maximize sure. maximize what you're doing you know right. like, it's not a bad time to do it but if you're gonna do it let's make sure you're doing it to its full potential right okay so here's another question that's uh that's one of my favorite ones because it's so hot on social media yep. right now is it i saw on tiktok that people are planting 100% clover lawns where they don't even have any grass, and they say that they use way less water, and they don't reco- uh, need any fertilizer, and they require less mowing, and they're super friendly to bees, and and all the rest of that. But the, but the reality is not quite as simple as that. Right. Now, all those things are true. Right. Um, but if we kind of dig into it a little bit more, it does need to be replenished every sometimes as often as every year Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to re-throw some clover seed down it is not traffic tolerant right if you have kids playing in the yard or you have a dog 
or you just like to like it, it's a great feel but if you're walking over your lawn a lot it does not hold up to traffic <laughs> yeah. and i mean like we've always discussed the the right thing to do is a balance of both yeah. like you want to plant your clover on top of your grass and then you get this this cycle of just mm-hmm. everything feeding itself because clover fixes excess nitrogen in the soil mm-hmm. that's why it, and it, that's why it doesn't need fertilizers right. it kind of creates its own mm-hmm. it is drought resistant and it can suppress other weeds which will help your grass right um you do get the pollinators like that was to say i forgot to mention that when we talked about dandelions is man they're just great for pollinators right. too. Right, that's a great gift. So, so I when I when I think about people that are interested in 100% clover lawns, the 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 most compelling thing for me is if you want to have a 100% clover lawn, you're probably going to have to use just as much pesticide to keep the grass out of your clover right. as you do if you try to go the other mm-hmm. way in a monoculture and have just a and, regular and lawn. there's a lot less options of doing that <laughs> right right so so but what a lot of people don't know is is years ago we actually added white dutch clover to our lawn mix um now hoas and 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 kind of the standard is such that that's not no longer vogue mm-hmm. but we did it on purpose right. Uh, because it does it is a really good partnership but the ideal clover situation is if you can be patient with the the two different textures and understand that clover is going to this year it might expand uh, and it might be that that one corner of your yard might be all clover and then as it fixes nitrogen and whatnot then the grass might ease the clover back it out competes it uses mm-hmm. that available nitrogen and pushes the clover Nothing back. Grows turf grass <laughs> yeah right and then it, and then it would just kind of flex back and forth uh, and there would be a little bit of clover and mm-hmm. and that's really if you're trying to think uh, of the most eco-friendly kind of an environment you would add some clover to your lawn and you right. wouldn't spray it out but you would just be patient with the fact that it would flow right. in and out this this idea of a pure clover lawn is really it's a stunt for right. TikTok. It, it is and a lot of people also they over they they're they're wasting money by throwing too much like clover is very rhizomatic it right. will it will spread mm-hmm. you don't need five pounds of clover right you no do one not. does right no one does right. no one does so they're they're ta- they're really talking about like they're just getting a couple of ounces right. and they're spreading them really thin mm-hmm. um, and uh, and 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 so it, we like it we like the concept uh, but but just put it in perspective about what you're actually Mo- get. most of what we do is about finding balance and clover will help you be that but don't tip it one way or the other too much. Right there, you go. I, I I'm with you there, 100. percent So I've got one more very seasonal uh, 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 thing that I that I because this is just perfect timing. Right. Uh, a customer is saying, I have heard that there is a product that I can put on my crab apples and my sweet gum mm-hmm. and whatnot that will keep either the seed pods or the actual fruit from forming so that I don't have rotten crab apples all over yep. my sidewalk mm-hmm. and all the rest of that. Talk about that product and what's the timing and all sure. the rest of that. Sure. Uh, it's a product called Florel. Um, very simple instructions as long as you don't have a carob tree. Right. Three ounces to a gallon. Um, it's a growth regulator. And so if you like, if you have a crab apple tree, it's probably for shade. Mm-hmm. And you like... Not a lot of people like crab apples. Right. My dad likes the jelly. I think it's weird. But <laughs> but uh, what this does is if you spray it 
when that's starting to bloom, which mm-hmm. is happening now, right. the trees we got in are already starting to bloom yeah. <laughs> in our greenhouses. Uh, what it does is it kind of burns that blossom off so it never becomes the fruit. Right. But it is important to make sure that you spray again two weeks later. Right. Just to make sure that you completely stunted that growth. And then you just get to enjoy the shade of that tree. Right, and you don't have to have uh, any concern. So we, we, this morning in our training, some, some very astute young employee raised their hand and said, what about the bees? And, uh, and we pulled that label out and, and, and showed them Florel is safe for spraying mm-hmm. on the bees. The, the, one, the one downside, of course, is that the, they would love to eat, eat, have access to the pollen, exactly. and we're gonna deny them that pollen. Right. But aside from that, it doesn't hurt right. the bees, and it, and it stops that fruit from forming. Mm-hmm. Think of it as birth control for crab right. apple trees. Well, really, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it doesn't hurt the bees, but it just doesn't help them either. Right, right. And, and, and so it's a simple product to apply. It's called Florel. Needs to be applied in full bloom when those Absolutely. crab apples or whatnot are in full bloom. And then again, two weeks later, two weeks during the bloom period at three ounces per gallon. And that's all you got to do. Right. That's again, that's called Florel. So you got crab apples. You're going to want to get a hold of that uh, and have it ready to go in your sprayer for, for when the blooming or just, starts. Or just let me know. I'll come get the crab apples for my dad. <laughs> right. Matt's dad will make <laughs> jelly out of them. So you're listening to a pre-recorded Zamzo's Garden Show. Uh, we'll be right back with you after this at News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and the two questions we're getting at all of our stores right now are how can I green up my lawn and how can I get rid of those weeds? Well, believe it or not, if you feed your lawn with Zamzo's lawn food, you won't have many weeds to get rid of. That's because Zamzo's lawn food feeds and improves the soil, giving you a thick, lush green lawn that literally crowds out the weeds. You see, 40 years ago, I set out to design the perfect lawn food for Treasure Valley soil using biologically correct ingredients that were safe enough to feed a cow. Well, after years of testing, Zamzo's lawn food was introduced and outperformed every other fertilizer on the market. Plus, you can buy it one bag at a time or as part of our annual program. You also get 10% off all plants and lawn and garden supplies for the rest of the year. So if you want a lush green lawn with little or no weeds, feed it first with Zamzo's biologically correct lawn food. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome back to the last segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show. Matt Maston, the manager of the Federal Way Store, and I are taking all of your your questions from previous pre-recorded shows and we're kind of ripping through them in a frequently asked question uh, show, so to speak. And, and, and feel free that, of course, this is pre-recorded. You can't send us your questions to be answered today. But if you do send them to us on Facebook or, or at zamzos.com, we can address them in a future show. We, we promise to, to get to them. Uh, and, uh, but, but let's continue on with this, with this last segment of questions. I, I feel like there's some here that are that are just so timely for what people are doing and and uh i think this this is one of those questions where where every year people are wondering about their garden Mm -hmm. and 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 since most people are planting tomatoes and peppers what we call a salsa garden they're asking when do i plant my tomatoes and peppers and and zucchini and and that type of stuff um well usually we recommend waiting till the last frost date Mm -hmm. and Remember, it says average. Right. So it is different every year. Mother Nature changes her mind every once in a while. Um, I like to use Mother's Mother's Day as an indicator of when to put 
tomatoes and peppers in the ground. Yeah. I just it's around that time of mm-hmm. year. It's a nice fluid date. Um, it feels warm, but yeah, yes, uh, usually. But, yeah. but yes, uh, I like to use Mother's Day as like a great indicator of when to do it. It's not to say you wouldn't be successful if you did right. it a little bit early, um, but you are steps that you can take to kind of ensure your success. Um, Walla Water is kind of the, the yeah. standard brand, but any kind of seed protector to maintain the warmth in that soil and protect that plant. Right, and I and I think what what happens is we get excited, you know, we're 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 itching to get out there and we want to hurry, uh, but but even if. You, you started and planting early like you, mm-hmm. even if you put them in the ground in early april right. and it just you lucked out and didn't get a killing frost because mm-hmm. uh, that because that's the biggest factor is if you get a frost and you don't and these things aren't protected they actually die and you have to start over right but what a lot of people don't think about is they also don't like to have their feet really cold right they don't like those cold nights even if they're not frozen mm-hmm. and so the, the the reality is if you get a really early start you don't gain all that much growing season right so so you know you don't have to get in a panic uh and and you know they've got to be in but you know the earliest possible mm-hmm. date uh you, you do that mostly for fun right uh but but as far as because well, we, we want it right we want it they don't really you know when i, I used to live with my grandfather uh uh, when, when he and I were both bachelors, and he was in his 80s, but he would go south to Arizona in the winter time, and and then he, uh, I would call him, and I'd say, Grandpa, you know, when are you coming back? You want me to put the tomatoes in? And he would say, Oh, just just wait. He would not ever get in any hurry, and even occasionally wouldn't come back until you know toward the end of May, right. and he would never get in a big hurry. And the reality was, they grow so much faster in june and july and august that that even if you get a late start they're going to catch up right absolutely and the other thing too is when it's gradually growing in that slow period you're doing so much extra work and care and monitoring (laughs) that for a fraction of a of a head start and it's not even a head start right they will catch up every time they'll catch up and then what about uh the size of tomato plant you know you see them you see them in six packs and you see them in you know you you you, i've seen them before at costco where you 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 can buy like a a 70 dollar five gallon tomato plant that's already four feet tall with tomatoes on it Mm -hmm. is there any advantage to to a giant tomato plant like that i mean there can be if you're if it's the right time of year but mm-hmm. when you can control what's going into it and feeding it and and all of that it just you you that's how you guarantee success you know right. we you guys have your family competition every right. year and that's everybody knowing what they're doing and there's just so much like there's so so many factors that go into it that the more that we can control and the better off that mm-hmm. we do and the more controlled fertilizing that we can do the better off you're going to be right i'd rather be in charge of it you know yeah, and, absolutely and that's the and that's the fun of it too like what like you know like why gardening is fun to understand what you're doing and right. and being a part of it and if you already buy one that's already ready to go you're just that's cheating right so let, let's talk about tomatoes while we're there this is everybody's favorite favorite topic i i uh i always smile every single year we get you know more and more exotic heirloom mm-hmm. uh varieties of tomatoes and 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 you know people have mixed results right uh, with that kind of stuff but but what for you like what's your go-to tomato I mean, I, I, you can't go wrong with like a San Marzano or, yeah. or, or a Roma. 
Um, that man, just, and these are sauce. Those are too sauce. Too sauce. So- I mean, I'm a sauce guy. I'm just, right. I was like, the peppers are for the salsa. I'll go green salsa. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Roma's. Uh, I like. I really like the San Marzano. Like right. uh, Ken. Ken from the Nampa store sold me. I was like, uh, that's the one. That's the one for me. And he's an Italian yeah. national. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And when right, he I mean, says it, he even says it with San Marzano. Yeah. <laughs> no, he always makes me feel like I can't speak it right. <laughs> right yes. Right. Yes. But that's my go-to. I mean, uh, I do like a Fourth of July though. I like yeah. a, like a or a big beefsteak one for. For for hamburgers in the summer, as yeah, too. yeah. I think I think for me, uh, the especially, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm a hobby gardener, so I like to fool around with different tomatoes. And uh, but but what I what I learned last year, or I guess I knew it, but but it cemented it for me last year. I will never ever plant tomatoes again that I don't have at least one early girl. I will just always have one that's early true. girl, and I and and that's for me. That's because. You know, it's fun to have, like, I'm with you. I love a beefsteak where the tomato is bigger than the hamburger bun. Uh, I love that. But the challenge is those, you're not getting those in August. Right. Those are, those are at the end of the mm-hmm. summer mm-hmm. when those are coming off. And I like tomatoes. And, and like you said, a fourth of July or, or an early girl guarantees that you're going to get some, right. some tomatoes. There aren't as big, but, but I'll take four early girls yeah. on my lunch plate. Yeah. We'll go for, I'll go for quantity sometimes. <laughs> right, right. So, so I, always include an early girl what about the the smaller varieties like cherries yep sweet 100 usually i mean that's kind of the standard uh you know they we they start coming out with sweet million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was like, I haven't I haven't ventured into that. It, that's an that's an intimidating number. <laughs> right, sweet one hundred right. seems right about it's my inflation. My, <laughs> exactly. It's inflation. That's true. You gotta get what you pay for now. <laughs> right. right. So so uh, the, there's a ton of of really cool varieties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I always like to stress for people if you're brand new, uh, you know. People like the idea of heirloom because right. they think it means non-GMO, but right. it really doesn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, we do get that question quite a bit. Like, are yeah. your seeds non-GMO? GMO seeds are expensive. Right. Very, very expensive because, like, that's what the big conglomerates use so they, they can maximize what they're doing. Right. You, When things are not heirloom or they're hybrid they're mm-hmm. done for a reason because right. they're more pest resistant they're more drought resistant they're more disease resistant yeah. all of those factors that can that can impact you especially if you're a new gardener yeah. please use the use the use the standards use yeah. the classics there are classics for a reason like right. when you're a little bit more experienced and you want to get Little, little crazy little yeah. saucy you know? right right like, we've got plenty of those too but like you, you want to make sure you get you know what you're doing before you factor into those because you don't want to feel unsuccessful. Right. You don't want to put all this time and all this money into something and feel fruitless about it. Yeah, and I and I think um, not a little play on words with the you, tomato man. being a fruit. I also, I, I also went saucy. You go, <laughs> it was I, very I, I clever, saucy, Matt. Gotcha. Very clever. But I, I uh, you know, nobody. Uh, if you've just grown standard a standard beef steak mm-hmm. or an early grow, you can do that for years and never even know what blight is. Right. And then you get in some exotic varieties that are different color and mm-hmm. they all this weird modeling and whatever. And your plant gets up about two feet and then starts to curl up right. and die. And 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 then you come into a Zamzo store and we say, yeah, this is early blight or right. whatever. And and at that point, it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. You you and it doesn't always happen. I mean, right. you you, you uh, but but they are more susceptible. And so some of these other newer varieties, they've right. just kind of, they've literally just crossbred them mm-hmm. with varieties that are less susceptible, and so they don't have those problems. Right, and you know, we, we, when you're referencing those blights and everything, and all those things like that, it's 
if we're not getting out and how do I put it? Like the the classics are bred to kind of get you there, so yeah. that you can get what you want to get right. out of it. You know, and sometimes it's nice, but man, just. You just can't beat a classic sometimes. Right, so let's it's go for true. It. It's true. Well, I I feel bad, Matt, because we're we're getting to the end of our show, and we've still got a whole bunch of questions uh, to answer. We should do a future show, uh, uh, do another one, and and get to the rest of these questions. But I want to thank you very much. If you uh, want uh, excellent service, stop over at Federal Way Store. Matt and his team are are so good at Federal Way, and and thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and between propane heaters, barbecue grills, and campers, lots of folks are coming to Zamzo's for propane. And if you're like me, sometimes you wait until the steaks are half-cooked to check the fill level on your tank, only to find out you're about to run out. And if you've been doing propane tank exchange, of course you want to use up all the propane in the tank before you turn it in for a full one. Well, at all 13 Zamzo's, we offer propane tank exchange, which is a quick and easy way to do it for sure. But what a lot of people don't know is we can actually refill your existing propane tanks as well and it will save you about 10 bucks versus doing an exchange but my favorite part about refilling your tank versus exchanging it is you don't have to wait until it's empty you can just bring it by for a top off when it feels like you're getting low and as my grandpa bernie used to say it's just as easy to keep the top half full as the bottom so come to zanzo's and refill your propane tanks now 13 stores to serve you including nampa across from Carter mall nobody knows like zanzo's 